you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 268 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, the A's won two out of three over the weekend. Uh, I know that they lost before I had to record, so it's a little bit sour, but they they won three, or you know, two out of the last three, so that's that's a good thing. I'm going to be talking about Elvis Andrews and his meteoric rise to maybe he'll be batting 250 before too long. He's on a three-game hitting streak. We're going to talk about it. I'm also going a little bit into uh, Seth Brown and Austin Allen, who had big home runs for the A's over the weekend, and uh, just talking about the is a little bit overall here in the first segment. In the second segment, we're going over some injuries. Uh, who's going to be filling in in the rotation with Mike Fires going down? Also injuries. So we'll be t- uh, covering injuries as well. And then uh, in the third segment, I'm going to be going over some of our players of the week here at Locked On A's in the minor leagues. I'm giving you one pitcher and one hitter and uh, just what their weeks were and why they stood out to me. So that's what we got coming up for you guys today. But before I get into anything, today's episode is brought to you guys by Bill. Bar, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. And uh, also make sure to follow the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts and follow us on social media at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And uh, if, if, if it sounds like my voice is a little bit hoarse, I've had hiccups for like the last five hours and it's also a little bit later than I usually record. So I'm trying to be a little bit more quiet so I can get this content out for you guys. So I apologize if it uh, my voice sounds weird. I'll be recording at a regular time tomorrow in the afternoon. And uh, th- so tomorrow's episode will be a lot better for you guys in terms of volume and whatnot. But uh, but that's beside the point. Let's get into the A's and how they looked so far. Uh, they took two out of three from the Rays. They split with the Jays. So overall for the week, they went four and three, which is not bad. And that is something that I actually kind of want to talk about because uh, they the A's lose two in a row to the Blue Jays and everybody, you know, on A's Twitter is like, oh my God, this team stinks. Look at all these terrible things that are happening to the club. And I mean, yeah, it stinks to lose games. They could have won three out of four if Trevino didn't give up five runs in his outing. Uh, Maybe, you know, maybe down the line a little bit, you're going to need another bullpen arm uh, because right now they got three that you kind of rely on and that's about it. So you want to get some more good guys in there in my locker room talk. Uh, I thank you to Jude who from Australia, uh, he was fantastic in that locker room. He stayed in there for uh, the first seven innings of Sean Manaya's uh, perfect game. And then, then uh, he gave up a hit and then we just parted ways. So it was fun, but thank you to Jude for showing up on that one. But uh, yeah, I said that it looks like the A's have a, a good bullpen and a bad bullpen. They have the, the good bullpen guys that you kind of rely on and where Sergio Romo can kind of go in between, but the good bullpen is Yusmero Petit, who's been fantastic. Uh, I, I like seeing him pitch now, so that's he's doing good, I guess. And then you got Lou Trevino and Jake Diemann. That's the good bullpen. The bad bullpen is everybody else. And maybe... Maybe Bert Smith is going to be one of the good bullpen guys, but uh, we'll, we'll have to find out. He had a nice, one nice outing on Sunday. So, uh, you know, we, we got to see more from him. But 
my, my larger point here is the A's are going to lose games. They're currently 21 and 15. There are six games above 500. So if they just beat the, the Texas Rangers, just the Texas Rangers, like 12 out of 19 times, which seems like it should be reasonable, which would get them another few wins above 500. If they just go 500 against the rest of the league in the rest of their games, they're a playoff team. That's all you got to do. Just go 500 against literally everybody else. You're going to have good weeks. You're going to have bad weeks. You could lose five one week and then win five the next week. Everything's fine. It's all about uh, how everything evens out at the very end. And I know that, you know, right now there, it looks like they could go right down to 500 immediately, but they also have uh, some of the, well, not quite anymore, but they have had the most wins in the American league for most of the season. Well, once they won on their, their winning streak. So they've been playing really, really good. And this series of Coming up against the, the Boston Red Sox is going to be a very nice test to see uh, which one of these teams is for real. Unless, you know, if one team sweeps, then the other team is obviously faking it. And uh, hopefully it's not the A's that get swept because Boston is a, a house of nightmares for A's fans. You, I, I brought it up uh, on Twitter just uh, this well, last week when uh, Matt Olson and also on the show, when Matt Olson, it didn't look like he touched for, uh, home plate and everybody yelled simultaneously for him to touch home plate. It's because of Eric Burns in Boston that place of nightmares. Oh, I don't like it there. Um, it, it always feels like something weird happens in Boston where uh, there's a couple of good memories like the, the Terrence long catch. That was pretty cool. But then there's a bunch of other things where, you know, like the A's are winning six to one. And then all of a sudden Manny Ramirez goes deep. I don't think he's playing anymore. So that that is a plus for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting series with the Boston Red Sox. I'm going to be talking to Gabrielle Starr of Locked on Red Sox. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, probably I will have already talked to her, but it'll be the Tuesday episode just previewing that series for you guys and uh, seeing from her perspective uh, who's been good and whatnot and whether or not they can actually sustain this because it feels like the A's are a more for real team than the Red Sox, but the Red Sox do have uh, the, the better run differential and all that stuff because when they want to point out that the A's aren't good, you point to run differential. And uh, I think that that's just silly because you always got to find a reason why the A's aren't good and run differential because they got their butts kicked for the first you know six games of the season. But anyways, uh, let's get into Seth Brown for just I got a couple of little tidbits. Seth Brown. What a dude. Oh my God. Uh, he had that big home run on on Friday. That was the game winner. That was fantastic. And then his next at bat on Saturday, because Bob Melvin just keeps putting him in the lineup. Now uh, he hit another home run off of Tyler Glass. Now that was fantastic. That was a, a very fun game. I was over at my sister's house for a little get together. We were doing with the family because we're all vaccinated now. It's been nice seeing family sometimes. So uh, yeah, we were doing a little celebration. I, I saw a little bit of that one. So uh, I apologize for not tweeting the games as much. I've had a lot more. Uh, they, there was We were celebrating a sad anniversary. So uh, that's what I was doing over the weekend is hanging out with family a little bit and then, you know, looking for a house. So <laughs> it was fun. But uh, I will be back tweeting with you guys and talking A's baseball and all that stuff. So uh, that, that'll be... I'll be right back in there with you guys on Tuesday against Boston. So yeah, uh, excellent job from Seth Brown this weekend. And then also uh, Austin Allen just, you know, showing up, hitting a dinger off of Tyler Glass. Now you love to see that. And with Erebus Garcia down, and I, I know that he's probably not going to be down for a while because it's a stomach bug that he's dealing with. So it shouldn't keep him on the shelf, but if Austin Allen's playing like this, then maybe you just keep Austin Allen up right now because he does actually offer that, 
actual platoon that uh, the A's potentially could use. You know, he's a lefty bat and Sean Murphy is a righty as opposed to Aramis Garcia, who is also a righty. So you can't really platoon him with Sean Murphy. It's more of a when can we play Sean Murphy? Aramis Garcia gets to play the other games. So maybe that works out, you know, okay. Maybe Sean Murphy just gets to rake against the lefties and then also some righties. And since there are more righties in baseball, you can just throw in Austin Allen kind of whenever Sean Murphy needs a break. So uh, that could be the way things are going right now with how Austin, with that one home run that he hit. So uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition. But before I take a quick break and have some tea, let's talk about Elvis Andrews here for a second. Dude has a hit in three straight games. And uh, I know that that's not much. He It would take him a while of getting one hit in every four at-bats to get up to 200. But I do want to point out that he has been hitting the ball a lot harder of late. Uh, his he, He's been hitting it in the 90s. He's had a couple of hard hit balls in each of the last few games, and that is something that we have not been seeing from Elvis Andres. I think his exit velocity, uh, his average exit velocity for the season is still like 86. So if any time he goes above, you know, 90 or 95 or 100 even, uh, he's looking okay right there. And the triple that he had on Sunday was like 72.1, I believe. So uh, it's not like he has to kill the ball to get on base and be productive. Uh, Nobody brought him in. He's over here getting on base. Where were you, Mark Canna? Uh, That's a joke because... Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, but there was something that I read in The Athletic, and uh, it was by Alex Coffey, and she said that Darren Bush, the A's hitting coach, uh, was saying that Elvis Andrews may have developed some bad habits with his back issue last season, and i that's a, an offshoot of my speculation that maybe his back is still bothering him, uh, or maybe, as Darren Bush said, he developed some bad habits. And so that makes a little bit more sense, and that's why he's been able to play and not have a back issue while playing, so that's good. Uh, and then the They've also been working on keeping Elvis Andrews behind the ball in batting practice, and he's expecting to see a little bit more of that coming out of Elvis Andrews in baseball games. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do because he's got some speed. He got a triple. He can steal bases. I want to see Elvis Andrews with a 300 on base percentage. That is my goal right now. This this bar keeps getting lowered every time I talk about him, but I think what most excites me about him recently at the plates, and that's like the last four games, is he's been making better contact. He's been hitting it a little bit harder. He's still topping some of the balls, but he's being he's driving them even if it's into the ground he's driving them harder and so that means that his timing is okay and then he can work on a swing plane and then maybe we can see the Elvis Andrews that I think we were kind of hoping for so uh, it, it's a process but I think that he's getting closer and uh, you know maybe maybe he goes like three for four one day in Boston maybe he drives one off the friggin monster that'd be fun um, it, he's not going to drive one over the monster I, I don't have any faith that he will be able to hit a home run this year but uh <laughs> I, I do want to see him drive one off the monster and make a big clank for his, you know, 72 uh, exit velocity. I think that'd be hilarious. But uh, anyways, coming up on the show for you guys, I'm going over injuries and who might be starting in Minnesota or Boston for the A's with Mike Fires going down. So stay locked in with Locked on A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of action on the go. The NHL season is wrapping up. Who's going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals or playoffs? The playoffs. Let's go with that one. Uh, the NBA play-in game is coming up and I am very excited about that. Are the Warriors going to be in it? I don't know. How about the Lakers and LeBron? Oh man, I, this is much watch, must-watch TV and I'm probably going to have to go to Bet Online to Play some money against the Lakers. Sorry, LeBron. Uh, but you can also get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. And that is why everybody says that Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review if you do. Please, I appreciate the five-star ones and all the kind words that come with them. And also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter, Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into catching up on some of the injury news that happened over the weekend. Chad Pender should be starting a rehab assignment in Las Vegas, uh, I believe on the game, he said that he was going to Vegas on Sunday after the game. So he should be in Vegas by the time you're hearing this. Uh, whether or not he's going to play on Monday or Tuesday seems debatable, but he is there as far as I can glean from all the reports that I've been seeing. Uh, and then you got Jesus Lozardo. Ex- the A's are expecting him back probably a little bit later in May, probably towards the end of the month. So we got another couple, you know, two, three weeks until he is back in the A's rotation. So he's not going to be able to start for the also injured Mike Fires, who also went on the IL. Um, yeah, so the A's don't have a fifth starter. They almost had six, and now they don't even have five. So uh, let's get into who could potentially fill in as the A's fifth starter moving forward. The most likely option has to be James Caprillion. He made an appearance last year for the A's, um, and he's pitched okay. He, he had an okay start with, uh, with Las Vegas early in, in their, uh, season opener. Actually, he went four and two thirds, gave up eight hits, two earned runs. He walked one, struck out five. He was pitching in and out of trouble, but he got through with, with only two runs allowed. And if the A's can figure out some way to get five innings pitched out of whoever starts this game, I think that they'd be happy, especially if it keeps them in the game. So James Caprillion, he has a little bit of experience and he's already on the 40-man roster. So that is a, a big plus for him in, in regards of who could start this game. Uh, and 
which game it is is going to be up, up for debate because it should be Saturday's game if everybody just starts on their regular turn. But if Bob Melvin also wants to give everybody a another day off or another day to you know rest, then maybe they're starting Tuesday in Boston instead. And that would be interesting. Now, James Cabrillion would be on turn to start that game. That would be fine. Um, but, you know. That, that's something to consider too. If he wants to give, you know, Shamanaya, Chris Bassett, the guys that are healthy right now in the rotation, if he wants to give them an extra day of rest, then maybe we see them start in Boston, which I don't know that I would like more because Minnesota is struggling right now. And I, I think that they would be the easier matchup and they'd give any, not any pitcher, but uh, James Caprillion would have a better shot at doing okay against Minnesota, I think, as opposed to Boston in Boston, which is, again, house of nightmares. So uh, I would go for the Minnesota one, have everybody start on their turn and then kind of figure it out and go with it from there. Another guy that's on the 40-man roster is Grant Holmes. He did not fare nearly as well with his start uh, with the Aviators. He's also not made his major league debut yet. Uh, so that is something to consider. He has gone three innings pitched, uh, this is his one start, three innings pitched, seven hits, five earned runs, four walks. And that's the four walks are kind of what got me right there because he was getting himself into a little bit of trouble with his lack of command. And so you don't want to do that, especially if they're starting in the House of Nightmares in Boston. He also struck out five. Uh, Dalton Jeffries is currently on the IL with bicep tendonitis and he should be back. They said in a couple of weeks. Uh, if that timeline is correct, and that was from a week ago, then maybe he would be able to start in Minnesota as opposed to going on a rehab assignment. Uh, I'm not positive if that's how they would do it, but I mean, maybe he, he pitched really well and he looked like he could be ready, but I think that they'd probably want to get him a, at least a start in the minor leagues before they threw him into a major league start against major league hitters after not facing them for, you know, a month and a half, but that's just me. Another option they could do is, and this guy is also on the 40-man roster, but if they wanted to do an opener and just get a couple of innings out of somebody, then Miguel Romero is on the 40-man roster right now. Maybe they use him and then just use the entire bullpen that day and just bullpen it and, you know, see what they do from there. But uh, the only reason that this is an option is because they, the A's also have an off day next Monday as well. So they'd have to get through Sunday, but... Then they get the off day on Monday, and you can kind of pick who you use. Mary Petit would definitely <laughs> pitch both days. Uh, so that, that it's an option. I don't think that it's the likely option, but it is something to consider. And uh, so my guess is is James Caprillion. That that's the that's the odds on favor right now. But there are some guys that are not on the forty man roster that could fit into either you know, either the, the starter role like Cam Bedrosian, who is currently not on the 40 man roster, but he has major league experience. He should be pretty solid. He can give you an inning, pr probably only an inning though. Uh, so he'd be somebody to consider. He went one inning, gave up a walk in his debut with the aviators. Then you got Matt Blackham, who's looked really good. He can give you probably a couple of innings, I believe, but, uh, he has not made his major league debut. And then you got Tanner Anderson who made five starts for the A's in 2019. Again, none of, none of these three guys are on the 40 man roster. So there would have to be another move. And I'll get into that here in a second, but Tanner Anderson made five starts and one of them was against the twins. And he has actually won that game seven to two. Too. Even though uh, Tanner Anderson wasn't great, he got into some trouble, but he really, 
Uh, only Nelson Cruz gave him a headache that day. I think Nelson Cruz ended up going like three for five in that game. But uh, yeah, I, it, they have some options. I don't know which route they want to go. I had assumed James Gabriel in, but they have a few different ways that they can go about this if they want to. And the way that they would get one of these other three guys onto the 40-man roster, it's a switch over somebody from the current IL, the 10-day IL, to the 60-man IL, and then... That opens up a roster spot. Uh, Aramis Garcia, I mean, he's got a stomach bug, so I'm assuming that that's not a 60-day worthy thing. And he's only been there for uh, like six days. So he hasn't been there for a week and you want to prolong it by a couple of months? Probably not the case. J.B. Wendelkin, he's dealing with an oblique injury and I don't think that they would keep him on. I mean, he's also only been on the IL for a week and you're looking at adding seven weeks as a minimum. And I don't think that that's something that the A's would do, especially considering... J.B. Wendelkin's role on the A's, but maybe if the oblique, if they feel like it's going to be a couple of months or, you know, five weeks or six weeks, maybe, but I don't think that these guys are pushing that envelope necessarily where it's not like the A's are clawing for one more roster spot so they can fit Cam Vedrosian on, on the, uh, on the roster for this spot, you know, opener role. I don't think that that's necessarily where they're going. Uh, AJ Puck would be the other one, but it sounds like he's going to be starting, uh, doing a rehab game in the middle of this, this week that we are currently in. So it looks like he could be joining the team and he's, you know, kind of not around the corner, but he could be getting closer and so if he starts on Tuesday or Wednesday, does he just go to Minnesota and give the A's a couple of innings? It's it's possible. I don't know that it's likely, but it's possible, um, especially given how well he performed against the Dodgers. So it looks like it would probably be James Caprillion just going off of the 40-man roster, but those are all of the other options that could be exhausted uh, before we actually hear who will be added to the roster uh, before that start. I've been talking for a, a few months now about how important depth is, and this is kind of why depth is important and why the A signed Mike Fires, because if it was, had just been, uh, if there were, had been no Mike Fires and only Jesus Luzardo went down, the A's would be in the same predicament. So these are why you sign guys up, you know, don't bring you a lot of like upside, but they bring you innings generally. And right now, Mike Fires is not pitching, so that's not great. But uh, this is why you have as many starters as you can. And that's how you build your roster to hopefully just get you through the season to get you to October. And uh, right now, they, they're in a little bit of a predicament, but they've got some nice young arms that well, let's see what they can do. And I'd be excited to watch James Caprillion start. Uh, I think that I know that I said that you shouldn't throw him in Bo anybody in Boston <laughs> because it never works out. But James Caprillion, he was drafted by the Yankees, so and he, he's he's a competitive, he's a fiery dude. Maybe he would actually thrive pitching at Fenway Park. Uh, I, I don't think that that's necessarily what's going to happen, but if it does, uh, I'm on board, and I think that it would be kind of kind of a lot of fun. So uh, coming up on the show, I'm handing out awards for the minor league standout performers from the first week of the season. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever. That is right, my friends. We are talking about Built Bar. And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavors? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. I am passionate about the coconut brownie chunk. It is delicious. Look for it on their website. And if you don't find it, keep refreshing the website until it pops up because it is that 
damn good. So there's something for everybody. They're, they've got, you know, salted caramel, double chocolate. And when it's there, the chocolate brownie chunk, go and get it. And if you're new to Bilt Bar and you don't know which flavor to get, or you've tried a decent amount of flavors, but you want to try some more, get a mixed box because you can get two of each of their original nine flavors and figure out which ones you like the most. And not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy too. They are packed with protein. They don't have a lot of calories. They don't have a lot of sugar. They're great for the keto diet. They are fantastic. And they are covered in 100% chocolate. You guys, they are delicious. They are the best guilty pleasure out there. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Uh, I just want to plug one more time. I am talking to Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox for tomorrow's episode. So make sure to tune in for that one as we preview the entire series. And then later this week, I'll be talking to Kyle McCann, the A's catching prospect. Kyle McCann, he's currently in Midland with Bobby Crosby and Nick Allen and Logan Davidson. I'm going to be talking to him about a bunch of different things. So make sure to tune in for that one. Probably on Thursday is when I'm going to be dropping that one in your laps. So make sure to just subscribe to the podcast, hear all of the things that I'm doing over here. It's a lot of fun, but let's talk about some other minor leaguers that are lighting up the scoreboards right now. Let's start with the Las Vegas Aviators and Luis Barrera. I'm giving away uh, eight awards total because these have four affiliates. I'm giving away one for hitters and pitchers. I do not have names for these. So if you have names for these awards, please send them to us. Uh, you can email them to us at LockdownAthletics at gmail.com. You can also tweet them to us at LockdownAs or by Jason B if you want to. Uh, so let's get into this. Luis Barrera is the Aviators hitter award winner. Uh, he went eight for 18 with a triple, a home run, four RBI a stolen base. He walked once and he struck out five times. Uh, he definitely had a week and good for him. He had eight hits, eight hits. That's not bad for, uh, I believe four games right now. That is a, that, that's solid performance. Good job out of Luis Barrera. The pitcher, uh, I've talked about him briefly on the podcast before, and he is former Yankee top prospect Domingo Acevedo. He pitched two games and he won a total of three innings. He got a save in one of those games. He also allowed two hits and struck out four. He has an 067 whip. I know it's super early and stats don't necessarily matter until you get blown up once and then you got to kind of regroup. You know, like what Sergio Romo is doing. He got blown up a couple times and now he's trying to work his ERA back down. It's similar to that, but he has not gotten the blow up yet and he's looking really good. So good job to Luis Barrera and Domingo Acevedo. Uh, hopefully they keep it going because, uh, you know, it, because I like them. That's why. Anyways, uh, moving on to the Midland Rockhounds, the uh, hitter award goes to first baseman Jonah Bride, who went seven for 13 with four home runs, six RBI, eight runs scored, four walks, two Ks. And if it wasn't the four home runs or the eight runs or the seven for 13, it would have been the four walks to 2K ratio. Uh, that That's what gets me excited right there. Good job, Jonah Bride. Fantastic work. Keep walking out there, buddy. And then you got uh, Eric Marin Marinez. Sorry, Marinez. He went uh, three games, went three and a third innings pitched, walked one, struck out two. Not much. 
the pitching hasn't been great in Midland just yet, but uh, he definitely stood out to me and, you know, he just hasn't allowed a hit. He, he walked one guy in three innings. So there you go. Good job, Eric Marinez. Moving right on down to the Lansing Lugnuts. Um, I, I wanted to give this... I got a co-award winner for, oh, I got, I got three award winners for this one, actually. Uh, and it's Kobe Vance, who has been fantastic. I actually watched a little bit of the Lugnuts game on Sunday, and they just kept hitting dingers. And congratulations, actually, to uh, to two players, uh, Shane Selman and Jake Suttleson, for hitting their pr- first pro home runs on Sunday. I got to watch both of them. I got very, I get very excited for milestones like that. Your first professional home run, that's amazing. Good job, to those two guys, but uh, Kobe Vance, he had a game on Sunday, and uh, he's been he's been having a pretty good season. And then uh, Max Schumann, I believe I mentioned him in after his first game. So good job to both those guys. Uh, Kobe Vance has a 128 WRC plus. He's been looking good, and Max Schumann has a 211 WRC plus. So that is a hundred and eleven percent above league average. But what really sealed the co award winner for me is that. They have the same amount of walks and strikeouts. They're they're even with each other, um, not with each other. I mean, like if you have one, then the if you have one strikeout, then you have one walk. You know, they're, they're even, and they both have that. And I like that. I like it when guys don't strike out too much, and they're also walking a decent amount. So good job on them. Uh, also, Jordan Diaz, he's only 20 years old. Uh, these guys are both, you know, a little a couple of years older. But Jordan Diaz, one of the A's top prospects. He has a 116 WRC plus, which is 16% above the league average. And that's not easy for a 20-year-old at AA after a year off. That's not easy for a 20-year-old at AA, period. But uh, he also has not played professional league baseball in a year. So uh, good job to Jordan Diaz. I am very excited about what he is doing right now in Lansing. And then finally, we go, we're going to the ports. And obviously, if you've been paying a little bit of attention, the hitter for the ports has to be Tyler Soderstrom. He went seven for 23 with two doubles, a run scored, and a stolen base. And then, again, the thing that I like a lot, uh, five walks, six strikeouts. I will live with that ratio right there. That is fantastic. He's he's a dude right there, you guys. I am looking forward to seeing him when he faces teams a second time, not necessarily pitchers, but teams a second time. Once they have a little bit of a scouting report on him, how are they going to be attacking him? How is he going to be, you know, adjusting back? I want to see that from Tyler Soderstrom, but you know, initial numbers, he's looking really good. And then uh, we also got, and he's 19 years old too. He's got plenty. He's got plenty of time as a catcher. And then a 20 year old Jose Dicochea, Dicochea, I'm going to Dicochea. He went Two and two-thirds innings pitched, gave up two hits, a walk, and struck out six. His K percentage is 50%. That is fantastic work out of Jose Dicochea. He's only 20 years old. I want to see what he does the rest of the season because I love me some strikeouts unless the batters are getting them. Uh, But yeah, that is it for today's podcast. If you guys still want some more talk today on the Locked On Today podcast, do the New York Knicks have what it takes to go on a playoff run? Probably not if you've been paying attention to New York basketball for the last 20 years, but hey, maybe this is a different year. Anyways, get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And so with that, that is it for me. Tomorrow, I'm talking to Gabrielle from Locked On Red Sox, getting you guys ready for the A's and Red Sox Battle of the Behemoths. Uh, It should be a lot of fun. Um, So yeah, uh, that's all for me today, you guys. So until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk at you tomorrow. 